Ladies, in this episode, you might hear the odd swear word, frank disclosure or graphic description. Just wanted to let you know in case you have little ears around or are listening at work. When was the last time you masturbated? No! <laughs> Hmm. Um, golly. Can we move on to the next question? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably about six months ago, I think. Yeah, probably about, yeah, about six months ago. Yep. Um, probably this morning. <laughs> probably, yeah, this morning. <laughs> I masturbate all the time. And how comfortable do you feel talking about masturbation? Uh, pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> I can tell by your voice. Are we still going to be friends after this? Oh, I just didn't know that was coming. <laughs> Hi, I'm Yumi Steins. I'm an adult. I do adult things like work, drive a car, have sex. And I feel like I can talk to my friends who are also adults about anything. But a few days ago, I told some of them that I'd be calling to talk about personal stuff. And they were like, cool. And they were cool until I asked them about masturbation. Even though it was down the phone, I could feel them blushing. Women touching themselves. Could that be the last taboo? Ladies, we need to talk about masturbation. Because of the level of embarrassment and squeamishness around masturbation, I decided to go back to one woman who I know I can trust to take on a topic as uncomfortable as this. Hello again. again. It's Dolly Doctor, Australia's most trusted repository of secrets, an authority on sexual health and someone I kind of wish was my mum. I wanted to have the masturbation chat with her, the one I kind of needed when I was a teenager. In her 20 years writing a health column for Teen Mag Dolly, Dr Melissa Kang got a load of questions from young women about masturbation. Yes, the proportion of questions about masturbation was always constant. Things like, what is it and how do I do it? Is it okay to masturbate? Through to, I think I'm doing it, but am I doing it right? Because nothing's happening. How do people learn how to masturbate? I think it's a bit innate. So I think when we see young children and toddlers touching their genitals, one assumes it's for pleasure, it feels nice, so they do it. And I think that just carries on. And once you hit puberty and your body is capable of sexual arousal and orgasm, it's incredibly innate. However, I think by that age, we've already been given so many messages from our parents and society that we shouldn't do that or that it's dirty or will lead to all sorts of terrible things that it's then coloured by opposing kind of forces, emotional forces and psychological forces that says, well, I'm not going to do that even though it feels good. So I think that if we make masturbation not a taboo topic, if we can name it, if we can define it, and if we can talk about pleasure and sexual arousal as completely natural phenomena that happen to all humans or most humans, then I think the rest can follow much more easily. I think that young people as well as older people might be curious about sex toys and different sexual practices and what's, you know, safe or unsafe and those kinds of things. And they can be given all that sort of information in in a whole lot of different forums. But I think that people learn to masturbate in the same way that they probably learn to have partnered sex, that just kind of trial and error 
make it up as you go along. You're probably going to be pretty cluey about what doesn't feel good or what hurts or what feels a little bit unsafe. But there were enough technique or technical questions about masturbation through Dolly Doctor that suggests that, it, yeah, it would be really handy if everybody got some tips. What happens to your body when you masturbate? So masturbation is essentially giving oneself enough stimulation to experience sexual arousal right through to orgasm. So masturbation, which is a solitary activity, if, if we're talking about solitary masturbation, is simply finding the techniques and the things that turn you on. For women, it usually involves touching the clitoris and getting aroused that way. So that will lead to the same things that other sexual arousal does, so increased blood flow. The clitoris will become erect and swell. You'll get increased vaginal lubrication. Some women will also insert fingers inside their vagina or some other object. They may also touch their nipples, you know, and other parts of their body that enhance the arousal that they feel. So it's different for everybody, but essentially it's touching your erogenous parts of your body to increase arousal that leads eventually to an orgasm. Okay, I've heard that um, masturbation can help you sleep. Personal experience, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other known health benefits to masturbating? It's certainly been linked with uh, relaxation and therefore things like sleep and, and a stress reliever, hugely so. I mean, it's a great learning exercise, just learning about your body, what you like and what feels good, which will then potentially enhance your sexual relationships or your sex partnered sexual activity. What do you wish women knew about masturbation? First and foremost, that it is completely natural and human and wonderful. I think that's all that people need to know, that it causes no harm and that a lot of people do it. So I think you know, it's part of being human. It's part of the, whatever your beliefs are about how we came to exist, it's part of that. It's part of that story. And you might choose not to talk about it and that it's very private and that's fine, but not to have any kind of, don't complicate what's a very natural part of existence. And if you don't enjoy masturbation, that's okay too. <laughs> I love me some adult education. So when I heard about the Pussy Play Masterclass, I signed right up. To be perfectly honest, I thought I already knew everything I needed to know on the topic, but I wanted to head along anyway for research purposes and Liv, a producer on this show, kept me company. I feel like maybe I need a glass of wine before I go in. <laughs> I've loved telling everybody what I'm doing tonight. They're all very fascinated. It's great having an alibi, isn't it? I don't really need to go to the Pussy Play Masterclass. I'm just going there for work. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, let's go. So I was kind of expecting the class to be made up half of women dressed as saloon bar wenches and half of shifty men in stained trench coats. But it wasn't like that at all. Uh, my name's Strawberry Siren. I'll be your pussy professor for this evening. And by now, you should know whether you're in the right place or not. <laughs> yeah. The amount of people I've had walk out of this show is hilarious. Strawberry Siren is wearing a white lab coat and an air of authority. 
Not even kidding, I grew up as a Mormon. And not only was I a Mormon, I was the preacher's daughter. So my first sexual experiences were actually with girls, because as far as I knew, it wasn't sex, because it wasn't with a boy. <laughs> Sleepovers had a whole new meaning back then. She shrugged off her religious upbringing to become Miss Burlesque of Australia. Yep, that's right. Liv and I are getting taught to masturbate by an award-winning stripper. So the pussy is extremely complex. It takes a lot of focus and attention to get a pussy to climax. Am I right? Yeah. All the women are like, yes. <laughs> Guys are like, ah. To get started, uh, Strawberry fine. took us through um, anatomy, <laughs> consent, and how to recognise horniness in your own body. And then we got into it. Using vulvas that we'd made out of Play-Doh, Strawberry taught us dozens of new what moves. What do you mean, no? <laughs> there were times that I looked around in amazement. A room full of people, frank yes. and open, yes. <laughs> and all working toward a common so cause. More pleasure for women. Communicating with your partner about what they need to reach climax is really important. We're going to take two fingers and we're going to go inside the vagina, up towards the belly button. Try not to race through and leave anything out. Some people might need clitoral stimulation, others might need penetration. Don't stop what you're doing. Some might need the stars to align and others might need you to do the fucking hokey pokey and turn around. And then go back to the nice circular motion. Beautiful. An orgasm is like a sneeze. So it can be there and then it just fucks off. And on the hood of the clit, not on the clit, just on the hood, we're gonna press down gently and then move in circular motion. Okay? Every person is different. Keep the pace, keep the pressure, and bring it home. So congratulations, you are all now pussy professors. So give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, go home and practice on your friends. And don't forget, all pussies are beautiful. Feeling like at least tonight female masturbation was uncloaked from its clitoral hood of shame, I flicked backstage to chew the fat with our teacher. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. What a pack of wild, excited women you had tonight <laughs> in your audience. Yeah, they were very uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> I asked Strawberry Siren why she runs these classes. You know, it's very easy for someone who has a penis because <laughs> it's, it's all outward and you, mm. you can see what you're doing. For someone who has a vulva, it's all internal. Mm. Strawberry has also been involved in Wank Bank, which is masturbation classes for men, as well as pussy play. And the difference in reaction to the men's class versus the women's class is remarkable. Wank Bank has been received really well. Men and women love it. You know, men come in going, oh, you, I can't learn anything. But you watch them and they're like, oh, OK. Like, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, I didn't think to do that. And um, Pussy Play has been received well, but then also received quite badly in ways. I've had people stand up and verbally abuse me <laughs> during my show. Um, I've had grown men walk out of my show like, oh, you don't know anything. And um, women... So wait on it. You're giving a talk on vaginas mm -hmm. and you're being mansplained too. Yes. 
I'm oh being mansplained because their sexual intelligence gets challenged and they realise that they've had their face in a pussy for 25 years but they don't actually know what's going on, <laughs> which, you know, it comes down to edu- lack of education. It's sure. not actually their fault, you know, but unfortunately they don't, they, they walk in thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I know what's going on <laughs> and then they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> wow. I asked Strawberry to give me one last tip. But, yeah, it's just about practising what feels good and then playing on that. And I've got it down to a fine art now. I really? can come in 30 seconds. Can you? Yeah, I know exactly what I need to do. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, I can't sleep. Oh, quick. I'm just... Uh, 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 I'm done. Okay, <laughs> <sleep>. <laughs> If masturbation classes were mainstream, we'd not only be talking about it more, we'd be getting A-plus grades. Unfortunately, though, these classes don't widely exist. What we do know comes from a few sources and they're not necessarily equipped to give the best advice. I come from a pretty open family with regard to talking about sex. Mm. Um, So I kind of got the sex talk when I was relatively young. I remember it distinctly. My mum took me into her bedroom and um, she said to me, you know, you've got your period, you're going through that. But I just want to let you know that if you ever end up in bed with a man, make sure that he has a condom on his penis at all times. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, there was a lot more that could have and should have been said in that conversation than, like, this is how you do safe heterosexual sex. Um, But, yeah, she said, you know, there's this fabulous thing called masturbation and you can use some cooking oil if you want and it's, you know. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Apparently that's what my mother uses. Um, yeah, and so um, it wasn't something that kind of went beyond that conversation and we talked more explicitly about queer stuff or about pleasure mm. and what, could, what pleasure could look like. That's Jax Jackie Brown. She's a sex educator and disability and LGBTQI activist. She's very cool with talking about masturbation now, but it hasn't always been that way. It was a bit of a process. It was a bit of a journey. Like, I didn't always feel comfortable in my body. I had a lot of medical interventions on my body as a young person, and that created a lot of distance between my actual lived experience of my body. And so sex, and particularly masturbation for me, was a way of starting to reconnect with who I was and what my actual bodily experience was was and that was pretty um, revolutionary and pretty important as a young person really to actually find ways of feeling good about myself and feeling good in myself. I also spoke to academic Lauren Rosewarn. She's done a lot of research into how masturbation's represented in pop culture. I asked her about the messages the media is sending women about pleasuring themselves. There's not a single message, and I think media is getting a little better about providing more accurate representations that this does play a part in a lot of people's lives. That said, there's still trends, and some of those trends I think are problematic. For example, a lot of female masturbation shows women in bathtubs, and they're doing it in a way that performs the masturbation for the viewing audience. Mm. And this is mm. about not really about her pleasure so much as a as a sexual uh, performance for an imagined audience. Mm. Similarly, her standing in front of the mirror caressing her breast which happens in an awful lot of films, there's not a male equivalent. And this says something about the way that female sexuality is assumed to be performed for an imagined audience. Yeah, and I think I think that idea that people perform, particularly people that have been socialised as women, perform their sexuality and their sexual pleasure for someone potentially viewing them is a really interesting idea. And, and as a person with a disability, 
it's something that I've reflected on a lot, particularly in terms of getting back in touch with my own body and being like, okay, so my body might move in different ways to other bodies when it's experiencing pleasure. Um, and how do I connect with that and no longer feel embarrassed by that and no longer think, how am I looking when I'm mm. doing this movement or how am I looking when I'm orgasming? How would this appear to somebody else? It took years and years and years to go, actually, I'm not going to judge myself in those moments against how I think I should appear and how pleasure should look on someone else and to actually start to believe my sexual partners when they were like, you know, it's, it's really, really hot. I love it when you look like you're into it. One place you're not going to find accurate portrayal of women enjoying sex, either by themselves or with a partner, is porn. Pornography has had a huge yep. impact on this. And I'm, I'm not coming at pornography from a censorship or anti-porn perspective, but nonetheless it's undeniable that it's had some influence on, on individual sexuality. And when you talk to young people about it, they raise these same concerns about being conscious of how do my breasts look when I'm, mm. you know, on top of a man or... What kind of sounds am I making? Or do I sound like I'm having enough pleasure? And these are things like how would we know what pleasure is supposed to sound like unless we'd had this heavy dose mm. of both our mainstream media but also porn as well? We're told that how we look is so important all the time mm. in every aspect of our lives that mm. we've even applied it to how we look when we're orgasming. It's just by ourselves with nobody yeah. around. It's crazy. Like there's this narrative of... Sex should just be a thing that happens, you know? Like someone should just come in there and push you up against a wall and like you're into it and there you go, that's great sex. <laughs> and there's no conversation, you know, there's no lead up to sex, there's no foreplay, there's no giggling, there's no stopping and starting, there's no, you know, any of that. It's just like this thing that's on and when it's on, it, it's going and it's going to an end point and that end point is orgasm. And I think that that is really unhelpful because it doesn't allow for sex to be all these kind of, of different things and different experiences that we can have and it can stop and start and it doesn't have to end in orgasm and that's okay, you know. And not achieving orgasm is actually something that deters a lot of young women from continuing to masturbate. When I've been talking to students as part of a research project, I'll often ask them, for example, when did you start masturbating, how often, etc. And they'll say, oh, I did it once at around 13. I didn't like it. I did." And basically they're implying I did an orgasm. So I stopped. And if you don't know the self-touch you like, it's mm. very hard to explain that or show a partner. And I think we haven't equipped kids enough with this kind of information. And also even Googling it, what am I looking for? And I think that's partly because there's an absence of comfort talking about, you know, using the right words and using the language around these concepts. It is really important to develop a language around your body and particularly for queer people and particularly for people with disabilities who've been given very little language around their body and it's often been, as I said, medicalised language or negative language around who they are, to then try and develop a language. How do I want to describe what it's like to be inside my body? But then partners, what I actually like. When my body does X, what does that mean? Does mm. that mean I want you to continue or does that mean I want you to stop? Because sometimes for me, I get a lot of muscle tension so it, my body can behave in ways that are kind of outside the normal, different to other bodies. So being able to clearly say, actually, no, that doesn't mean I don't want it. That means keep going. I'm loving it. Keep going. So feeling comfortable and confident with the language that you have for yourself, I think, is really important to then be able to talk about sex and pleasure with somebody else. 
um, about sort of drinking the Kool-Aid or absorbing the shame, which I'm absolutely as guilty of as the next person, absorbing shame around masturbation and your own sexuality, how do you overcome that? So I don't think we necessarily need to get to a point where we're out and proud about our masturbation. All I'm really focused on is people at least not having guilt that sabotages sex. I don't think we can socially engineer people to feel differently necessarily or do away with shame, but I think managing it and not letting it hijack sexual activity is really, really important. And learning about your body, developing a language about your body, developing a language around pleasure, if you so choose um, having some sex toys and knowing that there's an array of different things out there so that you can feel confident in yourself and your own pleasure and then you know have fun with other people I think all those things for me have been really fundamental in shifting this narrative from feeling ashamed to actually feeling proud and empowered around my sexual expression and my body that was Jack's Jackie Brown and Lauren Rose Warren and maybe that should be our motto for life swap out shame for fun And ladies, that's us for this season. We know there are a whole heap of topics we haven't talked about yet that we need to talk about. Please feel free to share your ideas with us, ladies at abc.net.au. If you still need more, we've got bonus episodes available exclusively on the ABC Listen app, which allows you to download or listen live to great ABC content wherever you are, whenever you want. Ladies We Need to Talk has been put together by a band of amazing women, including Claudine Ryan, our leader and fearless frontwoman, Jess Binneth, the ears, heart and soul, Olivia Willis, the brains without which the operation could not function, and our notable sisters, including Selena Shannon, Kelly Reardon and our one bloke, Martin Peralta. And you, the listener? Without you, we are merely howling into a void. So thank you for listening to Ladies We Need to Talk. I'm Yumi Steins. Talk to you soon.